Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash, and you are joining us for another great recording uh, where we go through all of the K-pop drama of this past week. I am joined for this podcast um, by my lovely co-podcasters, Nat. Hey. And Jimin. Hi. Okay. All right. Um, well, before we get started, um, I want to do a little update. Um, those of you guys that noticed uh, in one of our past podcasts that we started our Nyan draft for our fantasy tournament. And um, thankfully, Jimin has been keeping track of the points um, because I definitely need to um, start doing that. But she has been keeping track and she's got a little update for us on who's leading the pack and how everyone's doing. Jimin, did you want to yeah. give us an update? So, just a little update for everyone. Currently, we have Team Jimin in the lead with a point total of 23 points over since March 25th. That's when we started cataloging for points. Um, so my team, you know, I got Sugar from BTS, you know, I've got every one that all the haters, a part of the podcast didn't want, you know, team underdog, but we, it's cool because we're killing, we have 23 points. Um, next is team Ash with 15 points. Um, I think that's largely due to BTS's recent comeback. (laughs) 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 And, And... I think there was a, someone else on your team who had a comeback recently. No, that's just kidding. Um, no, Taeyeon. Taeyeon had a comeback. So, um, and then, of course, we have to look forward to um, the twice comeback with you <laughs> for Team Ash and, of course, Mina for Team J. Then coming in at third place, we have Team Nat with a uh, whopping Ooh. five points. And it would have been more. But unfortunately, we had a little incident with Miss Lisa and or you can I mean, you can blame it on, I guess, the stylist newness or the stylist unnies. Would it be the stylist? The stylist unnies, black pink <laughs> stylist unnies um, for giving her those. Uh, what would you call those things in her uh, hair? I just call them ugly, but I'm sure there's a really cool term that we could use or someone else could use instead. <laughs> I just said, I just thought that was ugly. So, you know, because she had the braids and she had those like dry bangs and it just wasn't coming together very well. You know, we had to come through with the negative five points for for poor citizenship on that one. But they did get a point for the comeback and they got two points for critical success. Um, We know that, you know, the reason why Team Jimin and Team Asher kind of soaring above the rest is because, you know, big part of that is having BTS Sugar. Of course, I've got also Got7 Jackson. And, you know, that's really the main reason why I'm in the lead. Um, without Jackson, I would probably have maybe five less comebacks. You know what team. I think? Um, I think I need to see the breakdown of these points. Because two points for Blackpink <laughs> when they've been doing so much this year and they're going to be at Coachella tonight and they're still on their tour. Okay. Mm. Okay. So the week of April 1st, 
we're doing our points per week, the week of April the 1st. If you go and see the week of April the 1st and you go down to Team Nat and you look at Blackpink, Blackpink got a point for the comeback. But because of the stylist Unnie's uh, failing Lalisa, we had to give a swift negative five. So one minus five, friend, that is... Um, oh, and then, sorry, you also have four points because EXO... Wait, what did EXO do? I'll kill. Oh, EXO got an award, I think. Oh. Yeah, EXO had a billboard um, social... Um, it was a whole thing. Armies and EXO was refined. So then I don't... Um, I have a question. Don't they get yeah. points for domestic top 10, international top 40, critical yeah. success? Yeah, are you implying that Blackpink had a domestic top 10? Because I don't remember reading about that. Oh, you know, I honestly didn't check. I'll be honest with you. Because as I said, in the viewing, when the song dropped, I hated it. So <laughs> I, just assumed, I just assumed it didn't do well, to be honest. But I assumed that they would have done at least better than... Or just somewhere in the top 10. Do you want to do a check? I'm going to do check right now, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, it could be Hantal, Hantal chart, Gallon chart. You know all of the charts that we care about yeah. domestically. I did. They, I don't know if they tried it internationally. I wouldn't be shocked because no, I they did yeah, because they're the first girl group since Destiny's Child to score something on the charts on the Billboard charts. So, oh, so they did. So they charted. I didn't know that. Did yeah. they have a drop off this week? Then probably. <laughs> Well, we'll see because, you know, we take away points for drop-offs. And just to remind you guys of, you know, where the points go, um, comebacks are one point. Critical success, meaning um, the critics love you, essentially, that's two points. Domestic top tens are three points. Uh, International top 40s, meaning billboard chart, basically, um, that's four points. And if you get an all-kill or an international award, so, um, I don't know, a Grammy nomination or... Um, and then an all kill. We all know what an all kill is from our K-pop time. Um, that is five points. Um, so that is checking right now to see if we can yeah. go ahead and slide her four points for an international top 40 for Blackpink. Yeah. So they had um, like they charted <laughs> within a top 40 in at least five different places. Internationally, Japan, New Zealand, Scotland, oh. Scotland, and Sweden and the UK. They got a UK top 40. Um, as well, so there's points for that. Okay. And on Billboard, they made iTunes history. Let's see what this history is. Okay, so it climbed to number one on the iTunes top song chart. Apparently the first girl group to have a song hit number one on the iTunes chart since 2004. This was when last week? Child, Yeah, released Lose My Breath. What? Yes. Not even Fifth Har- Harmony though, but c- because the Fifth Harmony had um worth it. Yeah, and they those songs did crazy well, but I guess they never hit number one. Maybe it was just more of a longevity uh-huh. thing, where it, it stayed in the top ten maybe for a really really long uh-huh. time, but it never hit number one. Okay, so are they still on the charts right now? Like on the international charts? Uh, let's see. So I'm looking at an article that was 19 hours ago. Guys, feel free. Listen. Yeah, number 33. They're, right now, they're still in the top 40? Well, and this is actually in the UK. So they're probably doing better in the States. But apparently, they're number 33 in the UK. And that, was, that came out today. 
Um, so I assume that they are in the U.S. on the Billboard charts currently ranking high too. I just I would have to like kind of look oh for my, it. <laughs> I would have thought honestly. Okay, that's actually really shocking. Um, not not saying that the song like I you know is bad. So I thought it would have dropped. But historically, K-pop songs don't really have a lot of longevity on the charts. Even even one week, you know what I mean. So that's shocking. Good good job, Blackpink. Yeah. If you if you guys are Blackpink stands or what blinks, and you're listening to this. Please comment yes. at the timestamp. Let us know that you're here. Well, we want to hear from you, so please comment. Like, we want to hear what you guys feel about Blackpink's uh, newest kill- song, "Kill This Love." Where you think it's gonna go? Do you think they deserve to be in the top forty? I mean, you're a Blackpink stand, you so you probably do. But, but what do you think? I mean, it's obviously a great feat. I didn't even know that they had the that they had that record. Even since you said it was "Loosen Up My Buttons," lose my breath, lose, lose my, my breath. breath. Okay. Um, yeah. Loosen up my buttons was a song as well. Uh, okay, so I didn't even know that they had that. So yeah. good job to them. I'm excited to see like where this goes in the future. Kill this love wasn't my cup of tea, but it would be interesting to see because we've talked about before with Tamar and whatnot, like with girl groups having an sort of an easier time in America. So I'm excited to see where they go, and I want to see what kind of push they're gonna get. Um, with that being said, um, we're, I'm going to retally Nat's points and I'm going to, we're going to post all of our, you know, updates on where we are in points, um, on our social media after the episode. And, um, right now the person who is in last place, you know, not trying to be that person. Jay, <laughs> Jay team ha- right now has a total of negative one. <laughs> that feels so bad to say, That's and and the name. reason why is because there hasn't been any comebacks. If you just to give you guys a reminder, um, Jay's team consists of Icons Bi, Got In from Brown Eyed Girls, Twice as Mina. Aces, Byungkwan, Luna's Eves, um, Tiara's Hyomin, and Halo's Inhang. And I know that I do need to, um, I know that, you know, Luna has had a comeback. Icon had a comeback at the beginning of the year. Um, unfortunately, because so many of the groups that, um, and the members of the different groups that are part of Jay's team have not had comebacks, that means they've gotten negative points. So they outweigh the points for the comebacks but it's okay it's all good he's gonna get up there because twice is gonna come out with a new song and on the 22nd i believe so it'll be interesting to see where we end up then um yeah beyond that that's where we stand um next episode be expecting a a better breakdown (laughs) uh this one is a little bit more impromptu we just wanted to see kind of how this would go for this first time so we're just excited because um pretty soon we're going to start implementing maybe you know getting some voting some polls on twitter and seeing whose teams you guys are rooting for and that's definitely going to play into who wins at the end um so we're excited um and that's been the (laughs) fantasy tournament update um we'll check back in with you guys next episode with that so, uh, yeah. just a question. Um, what have you guys been listening to? 
lately. Trash. Since last time we talked. Uh, well, I mean, you you did make us see or, or listen to that BTS song. So is no. that what you're referring to, Jimin? I was, refer- I was actually referring to some of the <laughs> Western music I've been listening to. Because <laughs> I've been listening to it literally every time I get in my car. Like, I have to listen to it. This song isn't trash, by the way. It's a great song. I But anyway, point is, I have to listen to Now I Do What I Want. with. I have a... so. My car, my um, I have like a sunroof. I have to open my sunroof, let my hair blow in the wind, and listen to now I do what I want. Um, but Ash, do you want to go first? I- I'm still looking through my playlist. Well, I have a confession to make. Uh-oh. Um, so sure. Um, I was I listened to K-pop on my phone a lot of the time, and you know how YouTube has that, you know, those little makeshift playlists they kind of curate for you you know based on like what you like have listened to in the past so you know youtube made a little k-pop playlist for me because you know i listened to it on there and so you know i just kind of like sit back sometimes and just like let it play whatever and it you know it'll just play you know different stuff and i'll listen to it and it played um one of the songs was Senorita by Silent G Idol. And <laughs> I swear, I've had that <laughs> song stuck in my head for a good week now. It will not go no. away. I, every, I mean, literally every five seconds, I hear like no. the first verse by Soyeon like it starts off and I just it just starts in my head and I'm just like no it just oh my gosh it will not go away can you give us a snippet (laughs) I do not I don't want to try and stick it in my head any longer than I've been trying to like stamp it out of my head and like listen to stuff and it just I don't know why my like mind is like addicted to it and ugh ugh (laughs) <laughs> I would never thought I would say that I would, would want to like stop hearing a Silent G, a Silent G song, but here you go. <sighs> Nat? <Where are> you? <laughs> um, well, okay, so I've been listening to a lot of disco lately, so I haven't really been listening to as much K-pop because it's just like 70s some 60s music really and 80s as well too right um just like funk and disco and some of these groups like the zombies and animals and stuff like that but when i do listen to k-pop or when i have listened to k-pop it was mostly just like mino (laughs) i've been listening to fiance a lot again I really like that song. And um, Taeyeon's Blue. I really, really like that song. And uh, some old sister, actually. I got a bit nostalgic the other day. And I was watching their goodbye stages when they, right before they disbanded and they did those performances of uh, like the mix match of like their old songs. So they did Loving You and Shape That. And I just... Uh, I miss Sister so much. And that's pretty much what I've been listening to. Oh, a lot of like oh. Marina and the Diamonds <laughs> and Kevin Garrett as well too. But those are Western artists once again. Uh-huh. So just not a lot of like K-pop, K-pop uh, outside of the new stuff that we just watched today. 
and obviously I've been laughing. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I have actually <laughs> listened to Kill This Love quite a bit. Um, after I got over the whole, this sounds like trash, and it started to stick a bit, I've just been listening to it like once a day. Very strangely, I don't know, but not the songs on the mini because the songs <laughs> on the mini are trash. I may eat those words one day, but to me right now, they are trash. <laughs> but yeah, what about you, Jimin? Um, I've been listening, of course, Luna. Of course. <laughs> Stylish, Singing in the Rain again. That's been part of my most played, and I've been working out to that as well. Um, I've been listening to Colors, of course. Oh, here's a throwback. Well, not really a throwback, but a throwback to 2017. I've been listening to The Eve by EXO. <laughs> quite a bit i love that song that song is just so good sexy yeah yeah yeah, that too (laughs) um and i've also been listening to a song called bek parshipto that is i don't know if i can even classify that it's k-pop it's definitely korean um but it's not i don't know if it's actually k-pop i don't know i would have to do some research but it's about an artist called ben I would check her out if I am you guys. It's a great song. It's a ballad. So if you don't like ballads, then uh, sucks for you. Um, and yeah, I think that's mostly my K-pop. And I will be adding home to my playlist. Like BTS, y'all showed out with that one. I usually, you know, I don't usually do that and say that, but y'all showed out with that one. Um, and they're ranking up there with Luna in terms of like with that particular song in terms of a staple song that I'll listen to in my car with the top down, just, you know, riding in the sunset. All right. Well, as we get started, um, I guess we should do a little review of the, um, burning sun scandal that will never end. Just kind of a short update. And, uh, Sungri also has been implicated in more charges of embezzling and prostitution. <laughs> um, I didn't know he was that much of a pimp. It seems like every day there's another, like, story about him, like, offering prostitutes to this person and that person. Um, it's almost would be shocking if there were so many instances of it. And yeah, I mean, it's just a bunch of just horribleness. I have noticed that, uh, there are more English outlets. They're picking up on the, the kind of consequences for K-pop, I guess, as opposed to, I feel like when the scandal first broke that it was more of a, you know, okay, this is a kind of a Korea thing and, you know, which it is a cultural thing. But um, I have been seeing some things lately, like on CNN that were talking about how this is, uh, you know, kind of a dark side of K-pop sort of thing. And I do, I kind of got the impression that with everything that's been going on this week, that people have at least some fans and the general kind of, I guess, feeling with international fans is that people have sort of put it on the back burner. Everything that's been going on with um, BTS and and Blackpink and everything, even though it's obviously still going on and um, people are still being implicated in it. So 
there's some more more stuff to come and there's still news that there are more people involved more people involved in the chat room and everything so i'm sure we'll be hearing about this for a while uh well <clears throat> sorry there was also that report about uh jung jun young having videos of girls being raped and the other members also being a part of it and how there yeah. are multiple groups ch or chat groups because they like to be safe um, and I guess to protect themselves and to cover their tracks. Stingree had told them all to like delete the chat rooms. And so they were all supposed to just, you know, delete it from their phones. Cause if there's no one in the chat room, it gets automatically deleted and then move on to the next one. But Jung Jun Young smartest man on the planet did not leave any of these chat rooms. So that's how the police were able to go back and find these videos of these girls who like, okay. Um, trigger warning. Uh, I just want to put that first. If, uh, you know, rape or sort of the, the story, not the story, cause it actually happened. But if, you've been raped or if that's a very sensitive sub subject for you, you should probably not listen to this. Uh, but there are situations where some of these girls in these videos were taking a drink with this guy and they would just wake up and think nothing happened. And suddenly they're in these videos and these group chats. Like that is honestly the worst, one of the worst things that could possibly ever happen to you. And to think that, if this asshole, this scum of the earth had all these videos and was sharing it with these guys and these guys did nothing, but continue to probably distribute these videos. It's just, I, I never imagine could imagine in a million years that Sungri and these people, Roy Kim. And I mean, Jung Jun Young. Yeah, sure. He's, he's kind of showed us true colors before uh, but even the guy from Beast slash Highlight, I would have never, ever imagined that they were involved in these things and that they were okay with these things. It's, I'm not saying that, you know, we know these celebrities or K-pop artists or anything like that. But when you follow groups or idols for, you know, 10 years, you assume that you've already seen the worst of them. And I know this, it's crazy to me how this story keeps getting worse. I think that's the sh most shocking part about it is that it, when you think that they have hit the bottom, there is another bottom, you know? Yeah. And so I'm sort of just waiting to see what exactly happens next. And I'm, I just can't believe that they haven't arrested these people yet. But I did read somewhere that, the police, the only reason the police haven't arrested Sungri and these people yet is because they're still getting more evidence and they want to be able to, when they actually do charge them and take them in, they want to have all of the charges. So that's why they're still going through the videos. They're still contacting these girls, these poor, poor girls, and they're still checking for, you know, the embezzlement and prostitution and everything that's going on uh, just to make sure they have a strong enough case to because i think they booked them they just haven't indicted them yet so that's what we're waiting for well said nat uh 
let's move on uh, to what is obviously the main thing that has been going on this week. BTS is back. They are back. And they are officially, they're starting their official push into America. Uh, they, they and Blackpink, um, have had quite a few, made quite a few appearances in the U.S. this week. I don't even have their full schedule, but, um, obviously BTS, uh, appeared on, um, or will be appearing on SNL on Saturday. And they, uh, they released their new, um, single, with Halsey, Boy With Love, the Persona EP. They, I mean, they've been on countless radio shows. Z100 with Elvis Duran, Sirius XM. Blackpink has, I think they're also on Apple Beats one. I think, obviously, there's the Coachella performance, which we will do, we, well, by the time you guys hear this, we have already have done the live stream of, but, we do have a live, uh, live, uh, live stream reaction to that. And they're just, um, they're pretty much everywhere. <laughs> There's obviously a kind of a mini rivalry going on here. Blinks and armies are already going at each other's throats, um, over who has the most clout currently, I guess their Western advancement. Um, there's already been an incident where um, an army had to apologize for making some sort of uh, rumor about there being some sort of adjustments made to this spot. Their, I guess, Blackpink standing on Spotify, something about their Spotify ranking, and they had to publicly apologize for that. Um, and there's just been, you know, lots of other, you know trolling and crap on social media but generally both fandoms have been caping very hard for the groups and i mean even within traditional widespread um, english media they've been getting quite a bit of coverage um that being said i still feel like they're i mean this could change um but I still feel like it's a situation where they're they're getting some success um, through the YouTube views and the streaming, but there's not. And you know, I I'm of I'm of two minds on this whole mainstream success thing because I think that the way music is now, mainstream successes means very different things now they used to but you know there's no i would call them a household name in any sense i think there's the social media hype and then there's the kind of like regular hype other artists would normally get um and i think armies are kind of of this mindset that they're not going to stop until they feel like bts gets uh well, the kind of reverence that they deserve. Um, but, I mean, what do you, what are you guys thinking about, especially with the whole, you know, YouTube thing? Because I feel like, you know, people make a big deal about these, you know, breaking these huge 
you know, oh, they, they have so many hundreds of millions of views and that sort of thing. But at the same time, it's like, you know, street, you know, with streaming, you can't count the individual views that, you know, that, that got, and it's hard to tell if that really translates to, I guess, the, the unique, the individual views that people are getting, you know, is that just your fandom streaming, you know, endlessly, you know, which we know K-pop fans are want to do. I don't know. What are you guys thinking of the U.S. advancement here? Um, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say first, because I'm still kind of forming my thoughts on it, but I, I feel like there's still some things to be seen as far as where we can expect BTS and Blackpink to go as far as how successful they're going to be. I guess we're looking at success as far as, I mean, how are we even measuring the success at this point? You know, you know, I know the fans have their own measuring stick for success and what they view as the validation that they get from the Western fans and other Western artists. But it's, I guess I'm looking at it at this point, I feel like because of the type of music that these artists do and the type of um, images that they have, I think that we have to kind of look at it as, I mean, what, what are we, are we trying to look at like Beyonce levels of success here? I mean, I, that's, I guess that's what I'm thinking. Like how, where are we expecting, how far are we expecting them to make it? Obviously with armies, I think that their expectations are very high, but realistically, I don't know. I, I think there, I think there are limitations here. What are you thinking? Okay. Okay. So I, I really like this topic. Um, and I, and I, I want to kind of bring the scope out further. Like, you know, it, I'm not pointing out BTS or Blackpink when I say these things, I'm just saying food for thought, right? Um, we have to be very realistic. K-pop is a niche <laughs> and it's a niche for a reason. It's kind of like, um, you know, heavy metal, right? Not everybody's going to listen to heavy metal. Um, uh, maybe one day there'll come a time where that might happen. I doubt it, but there may come a time where everyone will listen to heavy metal, but it, it just hasn't happened and it probably won't at least anytime soon. And we have to look at K-pop uh, through the same lens. And the reason, the biggest reason why, obviously, is a language barrier. So I think anytime you have a huge language barrier like that, where um, particularly with some groups where none of the members speak English, it makes it all that much more harder to sort of break into America. Well, then you might go, well, Jimmy, what about um, Despacito? What about, you know, um, any song, you know, any basically Spanish song? Um, and my response to that is, Okay, there's, there's first and foremost, there's, there's leaps and bounds of differences <laughs> between going to like uh, the Romance languages and other Proto in, um, Indo European, um, sorry, other Indo European languages to going to Korean. <laughs> there's a huge leap there. It's, it's not even the same alphabet. Um, so I think that that is, of course, one of the huge obstacles. And that's not a bad thing on BTS. Like, it's great that they, um, it's great that there is music out there in different languages that is popular for everyone 
to have a chance to hear in terms of it catching on that is a barrier it's kind of like it's kind of like if uh name one popular like selena back when you know i don't want to use selena she's legendary um i'm trying to think of like oh daddy yankee it's like if daddy yankee goes to korea and like tries to get gasolina to blow up it most likely won't because Spanish is not seen as a language, you know, that is a, in Korea, it's not seen as sort of a world language in the same way that in America, Korea, or, you know, any Western country, really, um, Korean is not really seen as a, as a sort of language of business transactions in the way that um, English is, in the way that French and to some extent, um, some Mandarin Chinese, right? Um, and so the language barrier is huge. But then there's also the very glaring and, in my opinion, even almost more important fact of them being a boy band. Blackpink honestly has a higher chance of success uh, to the extent that I'm sure many armies would like to see Black uh, BTS reach. And it's because that boy band issue that we always talk about, we, we go over it a lot, and it's, it's just the fact that I don't think there'll ever come a day where a boy band in the modern time, like in the time that they are um, out making music, they won't experience the level of general public respect that they probably think they deserve. Um, and that's historical. That's not just because you know, BTS is a special case. That's One Direction. That's in sync. That's um, even dating back even further to, to like the original boy bands, like the Temptations. Though when you get that far back it's easy to to go well no they are respected well in our day yeah because we look back and we go wow you know those groups sort of particularly more so the groups that debuted before the 80s those groups um kind of set the tone they're legends they were soul singers they were r&b singers um and then the groups in the 90s uh for example like you know your instincts your backstreet boys all those types of groups we look at those through eyes like um, even though we don't see them necessarily in the same legendary way that we see like the temptations and groups like that, we still see them in a way that's like um, nostalgic. I know Nat and I were kind of talking about this earlier. It's a nostalgia. A lot of people who were born in the eighties, um, you know, particularly like the early eighties and the late seventies, they look back at those groups like, you know, Backstreet Boys um, and, and those types of groups. And they think, you know, at one point it was bubblegum. But 20 years later, it's more so it's more respected. Um, and, and I don't even I don't even know if respected is the word as much as it is. Uh, it's kind of revered in the way that anything nostalgic is revealed, revered. Um, for example, I'm sure we all like really look back at like PlayStation one video games or like Nintendo 64 games like Mario Kart. We go, we love those games when we were kids. And now that we're grown, we love those games. But back in the day, they were seen you know, as things for kids, like, you know, bubblegum pop. So maybe 20 years from now, we might look back on BTS the same way we look back on NSYNC. But I think right now we, I, I just don't see it unless they drastically change their approach to be something more like, I don't know, the Migos. Like Migos is a boy band. <laughs> and it's weird to think of them like that, but they are. They're just a boy band that raps and then they kind of have drip and they have swag. So when you look at them, I hate the word swag, but when you look at them, you see them through that lens of hip hop versus bubblegum pop. 
right? So um, in terms of where I can see them going, I think the barriers to entry are not, they, they don't sit with, like particularly in the case of BTS and Blackpink, they don't sit with BTS, they sit more so with the audience being ready to accept boy bands as, a, as serious and authentic um, in the way that they accept, in the way that we accept solo artists or girl bands as serious or authentic. Um, and so, yeah, I, I see Blackpink has the potential to go very far, particularly if they step up their performance game. I mean, they just need to be half of what Normani is, right? <laughs> and, and in order to go pretty far. I mean, look at people like, you know, we talked about Camilla and Selena Gomez and these pop girls who are no Beyonce, like, you know, and not by any stretch of the word. They're not even reaching that, but they have a level of success um, that if they were boys or men doing the same music, I just don't see it being there because people won't take them seriously. Um, so yeah, they'll just kind of get looked at as like pretty boys who, and that's a whole other aspect of, you know, any, you know, any Western society, any, any society really, I mean, that we, you know, could get into any time about like sort of the patriarchal values and then the toxic masculinity and how that devalues boy bands. But I don't want to get into that. <laughs> but do you see the point here, though? Like the sort of the recurring theme is like being taken seriously um, and um, not just not just that, but also the language is, to me are the biggest factors preventing them from really making that final step. I don't know. Now, what do you think? Um, I look at it like I have already had my expectations crushed in terms of what I expected the roof to be or the ceiling to be for K-pop and for BTS and Blackpink. I mean, I never thought I would see Blackpink at Coachella. I never thought I would see K-pop group, like a K-pop group, but you know, BTS specifically at SNL, but you know, these are the reality right now. So I think that we can, yes, language is a barrier. Yes. The, the way that we analyze or the way that they categorize or the way that they um, just look at boy groups versus girl groups in the West, especially foreign ones that can can hinder the boy groups versus the girl groups, but BTS is doing all right. And they got nominated for a non social media award at the billboards awards, and they'll probably win it. So every time that we see this ceiling or this roof, a couple months later, a year later, they come back and they shatter that and they sort of just increase the ceiling increase the roof. So I think that there's no telling what they can accomplish at this time. But can I ask you a question? And I just want yeah. to ask you this. When you when you're like talking about them catching the ceiling, I definitely agree that they've definitely gone above what I would have expected. Maybe a couple maybe literally last year, this time last year. Um yeah. but do you because I remember when One Direction was popping, they were, it was the same thing. Like they were starting to get nominated for serious, no, not serious. Okay. <laughs> Cut. They were starting to get nominated for non-social media awards at places like the AMAs and things like that. 
but they were still not accepted by the general public, which clear, I think that's clearly sort of the goal. They want to be like Grammy winning artists who get nominated. And so I, I, are you, do you think that they're just, you know, breaking through the K-pop ceiling or are they, do you see them breaking through and just being an overall like generational talent? Like, I don't know, Beyonce. No, I don't see that at all because at the end of the day, there are still going to be othered, especially if they don't release English music. It's different for Latin artists because America is has so many Hispanic and Latino people and to the point where everything that they have in English is almost always going to be mirrored in the Latin world, in, in, sorry, in, in Spanish. So that's why something like Despacito can do so well. And also because romance languages sound great. Like, I think Hangul sounds amazing. I love the way it sounds, especially in comparison to some of the other Asian languages. But romance languages, like especially Spanish and French, like they just sound gorgeous and beautiful and romantic. And English speakers have always been very obsessed with them. So that's how I like that's that's how I believe that something like Despacito could do very well. And obviously, Justin Bieber hopping on the track helped. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, he had the Midas touch, especially yeah. with that album. So I don't know if Halsey has the same kind of, you know, <laughs> effect that a Justin Bieber would have on another person's track. So Halsey is hated a lot for something that I don't think she even really did. I think it was like one of those those stories that build that never really have any proof to it. And so, like, a lot of people don't like her for that reason. I personally just felt like in the beginning of her career, she was a bit too tryhardy and yeah. fake deep. So, I guess, in that sense, her and BTS probably get along very well. Um, <laughs> but The views expressed by Nat is probably... Yeah. <laughs> but in, in terms of the song, the song is great. I think the, the song is fantastic. A lot of people are like, why is she in the video? Well, she co-wrote the song. And apparently her vocals are still in the track. And even so, who cares? BTS wanted her there. She's there. They're having a good time. She took the time to learn choreography. Like, enjoy it for what it is. And I don't think the song will be a radio hit. Because as much as I like it, it's still an othered song. It'll probably pay more on, like, the K-pop hour or like, you know, like one of those request live shows versus actually getting radio play. I think that song, the song that the best song that has come out from any of the top groups right now um, that had that like a better crossover um, rate of success was probably Dua Lipa's and Blackpink's um, Kiss and Makeup. Because that song, even though some of it wasn't in Hangul, it you could not tell a lot of the time that it wasn't a completely English song. Like it just felt like an English song. And because the girls English is like, they're pretty good at English in comparison to almost all of BTS outside of rap monster. I think that they're trans they're able to transition a lot better because it feels less like they're an other um, and more like they're a part of like the Western world because Lisa, not Lisa, sorry. Um, Rose is Australian. Jenny studied in New Zealand. Uh, Lisa's Thai, but she picks up languages like crazy. I think Jisoo is the only one who's not that comfortable in English. 
Um, but she's very pretty. So <laughs> I'm sure she'll do quite well instead in, in, in any case. So I don't know. It's just like a long about way of saying that. I think that the K-pop ceilings are definitely just shattered at this point. They, there is no ceiling. They are going to do as they're going to beat, continue to beat records on on YouTube. They're going to continue to sell crazy amounts of albums and chart in the Western world. They're still going to, they're going to show up in a lot of these places and festivals, probably not, probably more commercialized festivals like Coachella versus like a Glastonbury or like reading or, you know, like the English more poshy festivals, but they're going to start showing up in a lot of other places. I mean, we're already seeing regular performances on American shows like it for NCT's comeback. They're going to be on these shows, you know, for BTS's comeback, they're probably going to be on these shows if they're not too busy with their tour. Blackpink's going to be on these shows. Red Velvet's probably going to start making appearances on these shows. So these, these things are just going to become more normal and more normalized. And then we're going to see them, BTS, probably again at the Grammys next year. And maybe even some other groups. Tiffany won, um, what did she win? Like an iHeartRadio award the other day? She beat Normani. She beat um, some of the other um, Fifth Harmony girls for best, what is it, best breakout female artist? And we see Tiffany's hustling. Tiffany is on Vogue. Tiffany is like every, almost every other day, she's on a YouTube video um, promoting herself and promoting her music and promoting K-pop. So I think it's going to become a bit more entangled. And I think the best thing that they could be doing right now is because there's also a diversity push in terms of representation in film and television they should sort of start connecting themselves to those things too. So do things like fresh off the boat, try to get cameos in, you know, crazy rich Asians and the sequels, try to be, just try to take advantage of the diversity push because there's a huge amount of Korean Americans and just Asian Americans in general. And they're hungry. John Cho just got cast in the cowboy bebop. Yeah, and <laughs> live action that was a huge news. Yes, and so, I'm, I'm excited because yeah. I, I I'm not a huge Cowboy Bebop fan, but it is iconic in terms of anime. So, and and Netflix does a decent job of it of of their original program, and even though sometimes it is hit or miss. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next. I'm going to stop trying to restrict or yeah, restrict my expectations for these groups. I'm just going to wait and see what else they do because I, there's no limit at this point. <laughs> they mean, yeah. I mean, I, I no, no, I was just sorry. like, like I do understand what you're saying about like a K-pop ceiling versus just like any regular artists, like regular schmegler artists in, in the industry versus like a Beyonce. Like I totally get it. And I think that, for what they do, they're still known as K-pop artists. So I think that other title will prevent maybe the regular everyday person from knowing who they are in the same way where regular everyday people know who Beyonce is. Um, but I think that they can still open themselves up and open up the world of K-pop to a lot of people. And I think that it'll continue to grow. And I 
I, my only hope is that it doesn't, it, it doesn't sort of hit a plateau. And then there's going to be like a blackout period <laughs> where there's no K-pop in the West again. You know, like after. I think that might be, okay. I think that might be um, what you said now about right. the plateau, because I was just thinking with all of the groups that we have currently in the, um, mm-hmm. in Korea, but, and, you know, they had explosion of groups. And so with, you can already see now um, with BTS and Blackpink that they're already starting to kind of push, okay, you know, everyone's got, you know, a world tour or a U.S. tour. You know, we're starting to push more people into getting TV appearances and that sort of thing. More groups appearing would normalize it, but there's also a chance of overexposure. Yeah. Um, That's what I was thinking about because like with Wonder Girls and um, Girls Generation trying to break the market and Big Bang, it's it's like you see these groups peak in the West and then they sort of disappear. And then K-pop is silent for a bit. And so at this point, I feel like because of the money angle... <laughs> And because people want clicks, people want views. I think that's that's gonna save K-pop right now. While there's no English groups really sort of vying for the attention of these of these mostly younger fans, you know. So I feel like who knows? I'm I'm just gonna not put a ceiling on anything, and I'm just gonna wait and see for things. Wait for things to happen and just ride the wave. Yeah. Because I love I love the fact that all these artists are coming here and that I can see them live and that it's not really about waiting, you know, for their performances to come on Omona so I can watch their performances and watch their music videos. And that's like the only thing that I can see. I love watching videos on, on Billboard and like not having to wait for a translation, you know? It's this is a good time to be a K-pop fan, even though you know, obviously I'm a second gen fan and I feel like the quality was a little bit better than it's still pretty good. And I'm happy. I have no complaints so far. That's a Outside of this optimistic point of view. I agree with what Nat's saying. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not putting a ceiling on it myself. I'm just saying if history is to be sort of the thing we go off of, I, I'm trying to say something else, but my brain can't put the words together. But basically, if history repeats itself, which it usually does, um, that I can see how they could have barriers. Um, I can also see how their potential is limitless. Um, I can also see how they there will be a complete lack of creativity, <laughs> kind of. But yeah, I mean, that, it's, um, there. I can see that there can be a complete lack of creativity because there is one right now. There is. <laughs> there, and then anything with music is cyclical. The music industry is cyclical. When disco died, uh, we had a savior who saved us from the death of music altogether. Um, and then it just keeps going like that. Like all genres, it happened. That's just how it works. Except for country. Country never really got mainstream for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, that's yeah i that's all i really have to say and then i also just one last thing i tend to agree with um i was called let's call it man jay park what's his name park yeah jyp (laughs) i 
tend to agree with JYP's assessment that um, you can judge a group's popularity or trajectory or their money-making potential by the amount of people buying physical albums. Um, I don't care if you have a, a billion YouTube views. No. I just don't. Because the reality is, I know that 10 of your fan, or I'm sorry, that one of your fans is streaming this on 10 devices on using different IPs and VPNs if you're, you know, as clever as uh, Chris Wu's fans. <laughs> like, I, I'm not, that doesn't mean anything to me. What means something is buying albums. And even to that, that doesn't mean as much because people can buy multiple albums. But the difference is, is that it's not as easy. It, it requires you to have some sort of dedication, right? So if you are buying multiple albums, what that tells me is that you're loyal to that group. You are likely to keep buying stuff from them, which means that they have the chance to get even bigger because you're putting more money into their pockets. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So that's to me a much better measure. If you buy an album and God forbid multiple albums, you're more likely to go to a concert, which means you're more likely to buy yeah. the merch. You know what I mean? It, it's just, it just, it makes sense to me. So these YouTube views don't really mean much in terms of popularity to me, especially since we know that also too, um, a lot of these YouTubers will use them for crap. Oh, yeah. So they're not really interested. They're just yep. pretending to be interested. And that's why, you know, yeah, we say some, you know, we're very on our podcast. We're very um, straightforward about how we feel about things. If we are not feeling something, we'll tell you that's not our cup of tea. <laughs> you know, I, that can't be said for a lot of a lot of things out there. A lot of people just kind of say what you what, you know, they think a fan wants to hear so that they can, you know, basically get clout and and that's where we get you know sometimes these large youtube views um not only fans streaming multiple devices but also to just people that just want to do something just to do it you know what i like mean like their reaction videos oh my god i i actively <laughs> dislike most reaction videos like i feel like it's just people who pretend to like a group so that the fans will watch the videos and be like, yes, King, yes, Queen. Yep. And it's just, and it's just ridiculous. Like um, classical music teacher reacts to G like, what, <laughs> what is this even about? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I get it. Like, and for YouTube views, I stopped paying attention to those a long time ago because I feel like the last really great video of k-pop was probably like fantastic baby from big bang and um what was girls generation i got a is it i got a boy yes i feel like those were like some of the last really fantastic music videos that exemplified k-pop and how not so crazy it is but how catchy and not just visually but like musically it can be and it's kind of like so easy now like Red Velvet, not sorry, Red Velvet, Blackpink just broke the record for like most viewed video in 24 hours. And BTS looks like they're on the way to trying to break that too. It's just like, what's the point? Like, what what is this even measuring? How, how loyal your fans are? Yeah, sure. Okay. We already yeah, know they're loyal. loyal. And that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's like music video views. I honestly, like when I see music videos for like less popular groups, <laughs> Um, and I see that they're at like 10 million. I'm like, oh my God, it's like way more amazing. Well, yeah, well, it is. I was initially impressed by Blackpink Blake and breaking that record. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think they had that many diehard fans. 
I don't know. Maybe, yeah. I think it's because their album sales weren't really great compared to their hype. So in my mind, I'm thinking they don't have that many people, that many eyeballs on them. So when I saw that they broke their record, I was really shocked. But now it seems like Blinks are coming out of the woodwork. So yeah, and it's I think most of the views were in Southeast Asia. So. Oh. Because that's where it's that's where they're really popular. I mean, more so than I would I would personally say more so than in in the U.S. and and even Europe, they're really really popular in Southeast Asia. So I'm not surprised about that. Um, BTS on SNL. Um, you guys watch SNL? I mean, it's a no for me. We can just wrap this up by saying SNL is trash. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched SNL in years, to be honest. SNL is anti-funny. Like, it's, it's just not funny. They do have funny clips. I'll admit, they yeah. have occasionally, if you, like, check things afterward, they'll have the occasional amusing sketch, but they miss more than they hit. Um, <laughs> but um, I will say that this kind of, like, I almost, I almost like sent an angry tweet because this like got me. So, um, they, Emma Stone is hosting tomorrow night. Um, and they, you know, they do their little promo videos where they, you know, do little sketches and things to kind of promote the upcoming show. And, um, you know, they did a little thing where they were basically, which they've done before when, where they kind of, you know, poked fun at, um, you know, BTS and the fans and was like, you know, oh, you know, I, you know, they were basically Emma Stone and the female cast members were pretending to be obsessed army fans. So, you know, they were like, oh, you know, um, do you think art, you know, J-Hope will notice me and, you know, just that sort of thing, you know, just, it was lightly pokey fun. Um, and armies got offended because they were like, well, that's per- uh, perpetuating um, stereotypes about yeah. um, boy band fans. And they were like, and, you know, that's not fair. And, you know, we're not all like that. And I just, you know, I was like, first of all, be happy for the promo. Because they're going to be on SNL. They're going to be you know, the guests, they're being highly promoted. That's number one. Number two, this is a comedy show. This is what they do. They're usually even harsher than that. Um, and, you know, it's low hanging, and, you know, it is low hanging, it is low hanging fruit, right? You've got, you've got yeah. a boy band with rabid fans. They have been standing outside of the studio since the week before, the, you know, standing in line, you know, waiting for the show to start. Of course, that's the thing, right? We're going to talk about the fans that, you know, are really dedicated and whatnot. And it's just like, also, isn't this what you wanted? You know, you want the Western validation, you know, they've got it. And the more, the more exposure they get, the more commentary, the more reactions you're going to be getting from other people outside of your sphere. It's not going to just be the K-pop bubble. It's not just going to be the um, approved media bubble. You know, there's going to be people outside of that. They're going to have something to say. And you're going to have to keep your chin up. And you're going to have to accept it. Yep. You can't just all converge on that person and dox them because you don't appreciate it And they don't have glowing, wonderful 
beautiful things to say about your boys. It wasn't even anything negative. <laughs> so it's just, I was just like, I can't believe. And I feel like they're, the armies, if anything, sets, you were talking about the boy band thing, setting them back and that possibly being a barrier. I think the fandom can be a barrier as well because that's a huge part of BTS's image is the army. It goes hand in hand, right? That's part of the reason why they're so successful. And that's another thing with the boy, you know, boy band thing. You see the group and you also see the rabbit fans and you know, there's a certain mindset that goes along with that. It's like, Oh, well they have really dedicated teenage fans with them. It's like, Oh, it's just, that it's obviously a certain type of thing that is not serious music or whatever. And, you know, people look at that and they see a certain image and the army, as much as they are trying, they think they're trying to help um, with some of the things that they do. I think it is, um, might also affect some things as well. Anyway, I just had to bring that up because I, you know, I saw that and I was just like, what the hell? And, um, I just, yeah, I just couldn't believe it. But, you know, I also kind of wasn't surprised that that was the kind of the first reaction from that. Anyway, this is kind of a shorter show than usual because, um, like I said, we are going to be watching, um, doing a live watch party of Blackpink's Coachella performance. And we'll be, I suppose, posting that up for you guys to listen to after that is done and over with. Um, So in order to be able to get into that performance on time, we are doing a rather short show this week, but no fear. Because we have a couple of Nyan Rewind episodes that are going to be coming out as well. Um, Some past shows and our backlog that we are still getting out. And um, even though they're, you know, a few weeks late, they're still great listens. And we're still talking about things that are relevant a few weeks out, um, talking about issues that in the K-pop community that are still you know, good lessons and good discussion uh, about culture and music and gender and all of that good stuff. So did you guys have anything that you wanted to say be or anything, um, any particular topic you want to kind of squeeze in before we... I don't really have anything to add. I mean, the whole SNL thing is not surprising, so... And they have like their only good skit right now is the one with um, Keenan and the, the the Black Jeopardy. Like that that skit is really funny. <laughs> but outside, outside of that, nothing they do is really funny. So, and even the performances aren't that great anymore. I remember being a kid and being like, I always stayed up on Saturday nights to watch Saturday Night Live, and now I'm just so tired of it. But outside of that, I don't really think so. I mean, there's just comebacks, right? Uh, oh my girl's coming back excited and that's all I really wanted to add <laughs> I just wanted to mention that oh my girl any last things any last shout outs anything like that golden child <laughs> we love you <laughs> <laughs> okay 
<laughs> Shout out to uh, Taeyong Scalp. <laughs> no particular reason, but his scalp is probably treated quite well, to be honest. Uh, quite well. Because, well, look at um, what's the girl from Girls' Generation? Um, the one who has the blonde hair. Hyolin? No, that's not her. Um, Hyoyeon, yeah, Hyoyeon. I mean, she was blonde for forever. That we know of. She always had pretty decent hair, but (laughs) that we know of. That's true. That's true. But I mean, with a lot of these K pop artists, you can kind of see the the really dried, (laughs) fried. Shout out to Taemin. He's the originator of the um, blended weave. Actually, I think that weave is probably the only thing that SME doesn't really put good money into. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, that was like when you when you when you watch the Sherlock video and you see yeah. all of them and then you see Taman's hair, you're just like, wow, this is uh, this smells <laughs> like a uh, poverty. Oh my god, never check that out. <laughs> <laughs> they put no budget into that. <laughs> they didn't get the good weave off of AliExpress. <laughs> no, I've seen some pictures that makes me really doubt the weave and wig game in Korea. Like some of some of the hair situations just But how do you not but you know what that makes me think about? It makes me think about all of the Korea boos who go over to Korea and they will used to be unblended, but Koreans be telling them their hair look nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be like, do you not see her? Half her hair is blonde, sis. It reminds me, was that Kim Kardashian who like had the hair, had it was like half of it was blonde on like the top half and then black on the bottom half? I'm probably thinking of the wrong like irrelevant celebrity i mean it could um, be i don't know <laughs> yeah it could be anybody but yeah no i i agree i've i've seen some yeah seen some s- situations um on people's heads but yeah um all right well if that's all then i would like to thank everyone um for listening to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. Of course, you can always reach us on Twitter at NYA Netizens. We are always there, always promoting our new episodes, um, responding to any questions, any messages, retweeting um, messy tweets from the k-pop fandom on there we are also on instagram at not your average netizens of course we have our soundcloud account you can contact us at gmail on gmail at not your average netizens at gmail.com and we also have a facebook page not your average netizens on facebook And I would like to thank Nat and Jimin for joining me for this podcast and for our live watch party that is going to be coming up. And yeah, thank you guys for continuing to listen, for continuing to support us. And even when we miss episodes (laughs) Um, and just, um, you know, being great fans so thank you so much and that's it and we will see you on the next episode bye